listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 26th of October 2022. Later, how investors took the federal budget, but first to inflation, which hit a 32-year high. The headline CPI up 7.3% year-on-year on the September quarter. The underlying rate, which is the measure which the Reserve Bank focuses on, up 6.1%, and it's above the RBA's 2-3% to target band, way above it in fact. It was driven in the quarter by new dwellings, gas and furniture. So given this strong read on consumer prices, does it mean the Reserve Bank will revert to bigger interest rate rises? Remember, earlier in the month, it lifted official interest rates by 25 basis points instead of the 50 it did over the past few months. What now? I spoke earlier with Carlos Cacho from Jardin Group. Carlos, following today's numbers, how would you describe inflation in Australia? Uh, it's it's high and rising, to be brief. It's um, you know it's clearly one of the biggest economic issues we have at the moment. What about the split between the rising prices of discretionary and non-discretionary goods? What's the concern here? Um, the biggest driver of inflation at the moment is is essentials on non-discretionary spending that's rising at over nine percent year on year, and that's a big problem because um, that spending is generally stuff that can't be avoided, like food and petrol, and it also has a much more material impact on lower income households. That said, discretionary sp- inflation is also running at about five percent, so it's not like that's not part of the problem as well. Okay, so given inflation's across the board, across the economy, uh, let's talk about what it means for monetary policy because the RBA only this month eased the pace of interest rate rises from 50 basis points to 25 basis points. So given that we saw the inflation print blow through the water, right, does today's number mean that the RBA might revert to 50 once again? Look, um, in isolation, I think today's inflation print, particularly the beat on trimmed mean inflation, which is the RBA's preferred measure to look at, um, which is tracking ahead of their forecast for the end of this year, would justify a 50 basis point hike. But when you look at that in the context of them having slowed the pace of hikes only in October and their recent communications, including the, the financial stability review and um, and some of the, the freedom of information releases around their views around the housing market, it does suggest they're still quite cautious. And in particular, they're cautious about how much rising rates are going to impact households and the housing market and how that's going to flow through to the economy. And so given that, I still think 25 basis point hikes are likely from here. And I think the hurdle for a step up back to 50 basis point hikes is very, very high for the RBA at this stage. Can we go into that in more detail, right? Um, are we seeing any evidence that the RBA's previous six rate rises is having an impact at all on inflation or at least on inflationary expectations? Uh, honestly, not really yet. You know, if we look across what's driving inflation, um, we haven't really seen much moderation. Maybe the best you can say is some categories seem to be peaking now. Things like the cost of building a new home uh, appears to have peaked out at a bit above 20% and will probably start to moderate a little bit. Um, the main impact of rising rates so far has been on, on house prices, which we know have fallen about 10% in Sydney, are falling about 5% nationally and are expected to continue to fall. But in terms of the impact on inflation, we're not really seeing it yet. We're not really seeing it in the consumer or retail sales yet either, with retail sales still 
holding up strongly in the most recent data. Um, but that's to be expected. It takes about three months from the RBA hiking rates to households actually feeling the impact in their hip pocket. And that's going to mean most households are only just starting to feel the impact of those first few rate hikes now. And it's not really until Christmas that we expect we're going to see uh, a m- more material impact. On inflation expectations, so far, medium-term inflation expectations remain relatively well anchored, but the risk is the longer inflation remains elevated, particularly in um, you know, essential items like food, the the, the higher that those um, inflation expectations could move. And yeah, the outlook for food isn't great with more floods across, um, across the eastern states in the fourth quarter of this year, probably going to be putting further upward pressure on food prices um, in the December quarter. Can we add the budget now into this mix? The Treasurer said yesterday that the budget will make life easier for Australians without adding to inflation. What do you think? Look, I think the Treasurer um, had a very, you know, very tough job ahead of him. You've got inflation at the highest level since the 1990s. We know that you know, from history um, that fiscal stimulus in, during an inflationary period can make the problem worse. That's part of what made inflation so bad during the 70s. So I think he's made the right call in avoiding large-scale cash handouts or stimulus to support households. But it is going to be a challenging period for households. You know, we know that real wages growth is not keeping up with inflation. We know real wages are going backwards. And, um, and as we discussed, essential items are the key drivers of inflation. So particularly low and middle income households are going to be feeling the pinch. Uh, but I think that that was the, you know, that is the, the right decision. Um, it's not an easy one to make. Um, but I think where he has offered support, you know, it is important. It will, it will help at the margin, but it's pretty moderate in the scheme of the problem. You know, the, the increase in, in childcare subsidies is obviously welcome. Um, but if you compare that to the, you know, the increase we're seeing in food price, grocery prices, which are increasing at more than 10% year on year, which is a big chunk of household spending, it's not really enough to offset some of those pressures. <laughs> That was Carlos Caucho there from Jardin Group. Now to the Australian share market, which rose today, 6,810 on the S&P ASX 200. That's an increase of 0.2%. For more, I spoke earlier with Mike Jenica from Credit Suisse. Mike, first of all, there was earlier optimism that the US Federal Reserve may actually soften the pace of rate rises, driving the market initially, not just today, but yesterday too. But is there any actual evidence to support that? Uh, from a fundamental point of view, the uh, the, the evidence supporting uh, a softening is, is is fairly limited at this stage. Uh, the inflation data continues to surprise on the high side, and third quarter US economic growth has rebounded positively. Uh, there have been some higher financial stability concerns. Uh, we've had the stresses in the UK, for example, and there are some liquidity concerns in the in the US fixed income markets. Uh, but the problem is, is that unlike 2019, where we saw uh, significant declines in financial markets in response to Fed policy, um, in recent weeks, markets have actually rallied. And, uh, and that just limits the scope for the Fed to ease up on its current guidance. So from our point of view, uh, we think that uh, the evidence is, is pretty limited at the moment. Lots of local factors driving news today, inflation and the budget. Maybe if we start with the budget, are there any share market winners and losers from it? Uh, the budget's impact on uh, share markets was, was fairly limited. Um, look, the broad parameters 
of the budget uh, that um, the, the fiscal position uh, is, in, is in better shape than many other countries. Uh, there is a moderate structural deficit and, and, the, uh, and the government is intent on the, making progress to improve that. And so that helped to settle fixed income markets and uh, companies that are exposed to, uh, to, to bonds more directly, such as real estate, uh, have performed reasonably well today. Uh, there was a bit of a surprise with the restriction on tax-effective off-market buybacks. Um, that's had a limited direct effect. Um, coal mining companies are probably the ones that have been hit a bit today. As they, they're the ones who are most likely in the near term to return capital in this manner. But uh, over time, um, you know, companies that with excess franking credits will, will, need, will have forward restrictions on their ability to pay those out. Okay, what about inflation? Inflation came in hotter than expected today. Uh, what are the implications for investors? And I'm assuming uh, that'll have more of an impact on shares and investments than, than the federal budget, right? Yes, that's right. So, so the news was, was clearly um, negative for, for, for shares and, and, and property as well. Um, you know, inflation has, uh, in the near term with the data point today, has exceeded the Reserve Bank's forecast as well as the market's forecast. Uh, and that implies that perhaps the move to uh, the smaller 25 basis point rate rises the last meeting may have been premature. Um, the data also does highlight the, um, the pressure from the high cost of living. So um, areas like electricity, which has been highlighted in the budget, is going to go up significantly and has increased significantly in this quarter as well. Um, so that's leading to reduction in real income. Uh, plus, you've got the the added uh, impact of higher mortgage rates. So it's a difficult combination, and uh, it does have uh, negative consequences for property from an affordability perspective, and equities as well, given uh, slower consumer demand is, remains a risk, and, and that raises domestic profit risks. At the same time, can we talk about how inflation is hitting companies, especially listed companies? I know that uh, Woolworths held its AGM today and brought in inflation commentary uh, from its CEO. Coles today is saying that quarterly food inflation is up more than 7%. Uh, what are you seeing? What does it all mean? Um, well, the news from Coles and Woolworths does imply a potential change in the, in the trend. So, Earlier in the year, um, many companies were, were raising prices pretty significantly and experienced limited impact on their volumes. Uh, uh, so um, from a profit perspective and a growth perspective, it was uh, they were doing quite well despite the cost increases and had the pricing power to pass uh, those on. Um, today's news suggests, though, that volumes are actually now declining um, as households need to absorb those higher prices within a constrained budget. Uh, so Coles, for example, uh, experienced 7% inflation, uh, yet its sales only increased by 2%. So um, what that suggests is that companies may find it increasingly difficult to, to pass on large cost increases uh, because the volume uh, trade-off uh, is, is starting to, to increase. Um, so the risks to, to pricing power on the downside. Finally, Medibank's come off its suspension with shares down as much as 17% at one stage following its cyber attack. It's today withdrawn its policyholder growth outlook, expects around $35 million in pre-tax costs, doesn't even include potential litigation. What does this say about the way companies need to start addressing cyber threats? And is this now at the top of shareholder minds? Uh, well, it's certainly being elevated now. Um, so Medibank, unfortunately, is going to be an early case study 
uh, in a locally listed company uh, managing these risks. It's slightly different to Optus um, because uh, Optus is a business, uh, it's a subsidiary of a major company listed offshore, so it's in a slightly different category. Um, so a couple of issues of how the company uh, informed the market, that they will need to be examined. Uh, they made an initial statement that there was a limited impact and then subsequently updated to a more severe impact, so uh, that's not ideal. Um, and in addition to that, um, we're going to have to see how the business is impacted uh, from a, you know, in terms of how customers respond and also how regulators respond. I mean, the company uh, does operate under uh, under a regulatory regime, so uh, so that is yet to be seen. Uh, it is likely that major public companies with sensitive customer data are going to need to provide investors more detail uh, in how they manage these risks. And companies that are under uh, regulatory scrutiny, uh, such as financial companies, uh, they will also need to provide regulators with more comfort uh, on this issue. So uh, we wouldn't be surprised to, to see more detail that needs to be provided, uh, more um, detail on how a company will respond uh, to, to, uh, to a cyber attack. And an increase in investment spending um, in, in some cases uh, to address deficiencies, that, that would not surprise and it would be a mild negative. So, uh, uh, so there'll be a lot of learnings from this uh, and we'll just have to see how it evolves. But Medibank will be the early case study, we think. Mark Jenica there from Credit Suisse. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.